it is good to be back. I hope you are doing well. I'm sure pretty soon I'll be getting tired of this introductory music, but so far it still sounds pretty good. But I am hoping Carditos is working on something new for me to use. So, this is the podcast I didn't really think I would have to do, appropriating Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche. Who owns Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche? Who represents him and his teachings? Who has the right to write about him, speak about him, address and interpret his teachings? I'm bringing this up because I just uh, received an email last week from a longtime member of the Los Angeles Shambhala Center, a longtime student of Chogyam Trimpa Rinpoche. The email was, well, pretty direct. So I, I shared a link to my latest podcast, Removing the Splinter of Eye from Suffering, in the Los Angeles Shambhala Google group. It's the second podcast link that I share in this group. People share all kinds of uh, functions and projects that uh, they are involved with in the group. This person responded not to the group post, but uh, to me directly. Personally, I think it um, would have been better to have given others the opportunity to contribute to what this person pointed out. I mean, after all, the podcast is public. It's not as if... um, I'm being shy about the podcast and uh, its aim. This person sent two emails, and I'm going to read them to you. The first one reads, Your students are right, boring, exclamation mark, and added, Oh, you really call people gringos, question mark. And the second email reads, The other thing I should say, first of all, is that this is a podcast about you, not the teachings of Venerable Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche, end quote. In the first email, she was referring to one of my students, a high school student, that um, uh, got around to finally listening to one or several episodes, and uh, very few students follow this podcast, and he said to me something like, you know, your podcasts are freaking boring, Mr. Now, or something like that. And he was being playful, and if you have worked with or know teenagers, um, it didn't really feel like, um, you know, (laughs) uh, it was a, a crude or bad thing to say, and then again, you know, he, he could very well, you know, have found the the episodes boring, okay? But I'm just trying to provide some context right here. And about uh, having called in my last episode, People Gringos, well, you can listen to the episode. It's towards the beginning of the this last uh, episode, prior to this one, on uh, removing the splinter of eye from ego. And gringos is one of those terms that, uh, depending on the context, that could be a very friendly term or it could be somewhat uh, insulting. But, um, you know, maybe this person is right, and uh, maybe uh, most people consider it insulting. But the second email is much more interesting because it does hit at the heart of who has the right to 
talk about, share, interpret the teachings of Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. And obviously this person felt that I was being self-serving about it. And the quick and easy way to respond to this could very well be on my part to say that this person simply doesn't know my intentions, but it would be too easy to take this route and leave it at that. And besides, it wouldn't provide us with the opportunity to get to the heart of uh, this matter that uh, this email is pointing towards. So, first I'm going to make the attempt to share with you the personal reasons why I started this podcast and what it means to me. And then I'll go into the much more interesting and beneficial territory of uh, what are these teachings and um, what do they point us towards and uh, when it comes down to it, uh, what do they intend to do? Uh, at least uh, from my own point of view, my own um, you know interpretation of them and you may feel differently and uh, that's uh, that's fine. But uh, these teachings were shared with us uh, generously uh, by Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. And we are all, I believe, doing our best to um, contemplate on these teachings and process them and, most importantly, uh, embody them, right? Uh, apply them to uh, our own uh, uh, living experience. Well, concerning these teachings left to us by Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, it does seem like there are a lot of people that feel quite possessive about these teachings. They really feel that these teachings are the property of a very few people that have the right to share these teachings with people, and they have additionally, you know, other uh, deep beliefs about um, the process by which people should uh, uh, be empowered to share these teachings, to speak of these teachings, and so on, and there's that whole culture uh, of that. So, a few additional thoughts on what led to this podcast. I have to share with you that at first, it was just a, a feeling of um, I'm so grateful for these teachings and I'm so um, um, grateful for how I just managed to have encountered these, these teachings in my life and I just want to share them somehow. Uh, I don't care how. I don't care uh, uh, how imperfect uh, or clumsy of a way uh, this uh, turns out to be. And <clears throat> so I, I had to come up with a name, so I came up with all Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche simply because the name gives you an alphabetical advantage when through uh, iTunes you search for these various different uh, podcasts under the uh, category of religion. So uh, that was the first reason. And and then also the the all 
had somewhat of a meaning for me. It wasn't that I wanted the whole uh, podcast and the episodes to be in any way comprehensive or just uh, totally be immersed on the teachings of uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche in some you know, with lots of minutia and details and uh, thorough kind of comprehensive uh, elaboration of them. It was not quite like that. I, I didn't see it like that. It was more more of a, I think this is not hard to understand, more of a, a, a sense of <coughs> these teachings over time give you a filter. Uh, in fact, over time, it seems to be the only filter by which you understand uh, this this question of uh, suffering in in your existence. So for me, it had that uh, significance, uh, this that significance of uh, this spiritual path that I, I'm on. This practice gets filtered through this prism. Uh, for example, uh, the three lords of materialism. Um, if you are familiar with Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche's teachings, uh, you're a student of him, uh, doesn't that provide you with a continuous reference point by which you approach your practice, by which you um, are able to note when uh, this uh, ego uh, pokes his head into your path, what that understanding amounts to, the significance of um, the notion of um, basic goodness, the significance, uh, the meaning of such terms as um, uh, fearlessness and uh, bravery and <coughs> being continually disappointed and being able to experience uh, once a uh, fear the value of being able to connect with our vulnerability and to feel our heart of, of sadness and uh, and loneliness and so on and so on and the list is huge and you get to the point where when you uh, recognize and suspect that as far as your this path is concerned nothing seems to not be filtered through this well this influence um, the influence of uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche. So uh, that's, for me, what this significance of the all and all Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche represented. Um, now, is it like that? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it just feels like that. It just, uh, uh, it could very well be that uh, there's some, some a lot of de you know, deception, self-deception on my part, and it could very well be that um, there are ulterior motives uh, here having to do with self-centered and uh, self-serving reasons. But let's now change uh, directions here. I do believe that there is a need to properly train people, to even uh, empower people, that that has a significance in uh, this uh, tradition in this um, uh, culture. Um, you know, it amounts to a, a simple case of quality control, right? You have these teachings and they are part of a particular lineage that uh, goes back a long time. 
I think it makes sense that some quality control about who continues to share these teachings at uh, some level um, and how that happens. So having gotten that out of the way, the remaining question here is, well, what about the rest of us peons? <laughs> you know, what about the rest of us that we simply want to uh, share these teachings in our own very imperfect way? What about the rest of us that uh, don't make any claims of any kind of ownership to these teachings, that don't make any claims to even having a correct understanding, a correct view of these teachings, that even the thought of believing or buying into any of that is arrogant, and that we have no illusions about how difficult it is to embody these teachings, to put these teachings to practice and live them, right, breathe them every day of our lives and everything that, that we do. So, yeah, what about um, the rest of us that are struggling with, uh, every day, with continuing to understand these teachings and put them to practice. Do we have any rights to attempt to share with others our minuscule understanding and our minuscule realization? So let me share what uh, the answer to this question for me personally is. And it could be different for you, it could be different for, for others, but for me, the answer to this question is a definite, why not? Why shouldn't I? Well, let me share with you uh, why I feel this way. It's definitely not that I feel so uh, sure about my understanding, about uh, the these teachings, these wonderful teachings of Chogin Prinpa Rinpoche. It's definitely not about that. It's definitely not that I even consider myself to be a good communicator. That's definitely not the case. So let me share with you briefly what compelled me to put these uh, podcasts together and share them with everyone. The answer for me is uh, very simple. Having met Chogyam Trumpa Rinpoche very briefly, having benefited by his teachings, having studied his teachings and contemplated on his teachings and this uh, wonderful practice of ours of being able to face our own uh, mind directly saved me from uh, the excruciating torment of uh, yes, uh, a very confused uh, mind. And all I can share with you is that when I asked myself, uh, how is it possible that you managed to somehow figure out a way of understanding enough of his teachings and apply enough of his teachings have managed at this stage in your life to no longer be in that suffering that 
you once experienced. When I asked myself how did I manage to somehow benefit by these teachings, given uh, all my faults and deficiencies and my bloated ego and, well, I, I don't have any idea how I managed to have been able to benefit like this by his teachings. All, all I know is that in spite of all my shortcomings and in spite of no great understanding of his teachings, in spite of the fact that uh, I'm a lazy practitioner, and in spite of a large list of deficiencies and faults, these teachings, his teachings, and whatever I have managed to apply about his teachings, have taken me from a place of anguish and suffering to um, a different place. And all that that amounts to is that now it just feels that that uh, a sense of of struggle with every aspect of my existence just went somewhere. It it kind of faded. It um, dissipated in, into something. I'm not saying that it's not there anymore, but uh, I'm just saying that uh, when it pops its head up and when it becomes present in, in my life, um, there's this ability to um, to be able to feel it, to note it, to uh, look at it, and to um, to work with it. That's uh, that's all I'm saying. And so, um, yes, that is very much worth sharing with others. Uh, and uh, this, this should do uh, with respect to the uh, personal reasons why I'm I'm doing this that uh, this email uh, provoked in me to to reflect upon, and uh, now there's something much more interesting about than this um, personal uh, reason why uh, I'm doing this, and that is has to do with the uh, the general question of you know what is it that we do with with these teachings whether they are the teachings of the Buddha or the teachings uh, of um, Chogyam Trimpa Rinpoche and uh, students studying these teachings. Well, what uh, what do we do with these teachings? What are these teachings uh, about? Is it really something that we can claim that we have mastered and understand? And then we get to uh, some point where um, some kind of um, sign is given to us, some kind of... Um, green light is provided to us that now um, makes us, allows us to share these teachings with with others uh, by writing a book or talking to people or doing a podcast like I'm doing. Is it, uh, is it like that? Do you um, uh, arrive at some definite place of uh, knowledge, of uh, understanding and that uh, this understanding now is complete enough in us to the point where we can now claim to have captured the, the dogma, right? the set of beliefs 
that uh, now can be expressed by us clearly, and uh, we can share them with with others. Is it like this? We have mastered a philosophy. We have mastered the canon of teachings. And yes, of course, there's an, this avenue, this path that one can follow that does systematically study the teachings like this. But uh, you know what? Um, that's not where I'm at. And um, that's a lot of people are not there and are not particularly interested in uh, following such an exhaustive path. So at least most people in this uh, arena of what is it necessary for me to to understand so that I can be guided in the right direction and put these teachings to practice and embody these teachings in our life situation. So now the question is, does it really take a whole lot to gain this sufficient understanding that points us in the right direction, that gives us sufficient confidence to practice so that we do have a sense of what it is that we're doing? No, it's, it's, it's not that terribly difficult of a thing to share with others once one has experienced this and one is able to right, work with this every day in one's life. It doesn't take a perfect understanding that has to be mastered. It doesn't even take a perfect practice that has to be mastered before one is able to or ready to share this with other people. I mean, it's, it's, it's not quite like that. And if you think it's like that, well then someone is misguiding you. Someone is withholding information from you. Someone is uh, not communicating this properly to you so that uh, you are able to, to understand what needs to be understood and what needs to be pursued. And what it's going to uh, amount to is that you have this very strong and persistent sense of believing that you are something, something that you you feel very strongly about that seems to, to be um, lasting and that uh, it seems to be independent from uh, other uh, conditions and uh, its environment and uh, it appears to uh, to be uh, this this one thing that doesn't change over time uh, and that uh, you know lasts it's persistent and also it feels very important to us and from its perspective we are indeed the most important thing how many times have we been in line um, waiting to take out money from our ATM right at uh, a bank and there are these people waiting in front of us and there's that person that uh, is way at the front of the line right uh, taking money out of uh, the ATM and he's looking at his receipt and he's taking this sweet time and uh, we are telling ourselves god damn it man hurry up I got things to do and then it's our turn and we um, 
get to the ATM and we do the same <laughs> freaking thing. <laughs> we take our sweet time and we're not taking uh, much into consideration the people that uh, are waiting behind us, uh, probably thinking exactly the same thing we were thinking about uh, that other person. So as far as I'm concerned, this is what is at the heart of these teachings, taking us to this place where we begin to develop this inquiry uh, ability, this uh, a process of questioning this uh, solid sense of self, how it is that it feels singular, right? how it is that it feels independent from everything else, that uh, it seems to, to last and prolong its, uh, that sense of itself, and how it is that it feels so wonderfully important and precious to us. And it's not about understanding and perfecting some kind of encyclopedic type of vast uh, knowledge uh, as a treasure trove for us to um, safekeep and um, share with others and impress others with and and at the same time who doesn't enjoy a lucid and thorough and expansive Dharma teaching I think we all do don't we and there are these other areas where this same kind of process of investigation can be taken to and these other uh, areas are where we uh, very strongly have this uh, identification with who we are uh, with, and uh, the rest are uh, feeling and per our perceptions and uh, our mental uh, formations. And then uh, there is uh, consciousness of this uh, sense of, of I. So um, the... The important thing here is that the understanding that is sufficient for us to be able to undertake this kind of investigation and uh, right, contemplate on it is not very difficult to come by and it's not very difficult for someone to share with us. And then what matters is the what do we do with this and what we do with this is engaging in this practice of meditation where we take a sufficient amount of understanding we contemplate or not we dwell on that we you know come up with a series of um, uh, questions inquiries that provide light into right that uh, thing that we are investigating and then we we practice we let go of that investigation we let go of that understanding and and we learned to relax in the uh, with the paradox or the groundlessness uh, that uh, needs to be experienced that uh, can't be experienced unless we know how to let go of dependence upon 
the belief that we have to have things figured out, that we have to have really uh, a thorough understanding of uh, our own existence, who we are, before we can uh, learn to directly experience ourselves uh, apart from that. So when we engage this process with the uh, right uh, approach and we study some um, teaching and we reflect on it and we engage it and we do this uh, contemplating part about it, right, with uh, ourselves or with, with others. Um, and uh, th this could be, for example, uh, if we're examining uh, the question of what is it that uh, suffers and what brings about uh, this uh, great suffering in us. And we begin to, let's say, um, study the, the skandhas because the uh, skandhas, uh, the Buddha said, and uh, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche covers this expansively, that uh, the skandhas subject to our clinging are the causes of suffering. And so if we take the first one, let's say the first skanda of form, and we read upon it, we begin to develop uh, a series of questions about it, we might we might start this process by considering what uh, is this this body of of ours that uh, it's composed of um, bones and flesh and blood and pus and uh, water and uh, that uh, additionally well you know this the sense of of me and I forms a very powerful attachment to this body and then with respect to the the question of this powerful uh, sense of of I of me that uh, is associated with with this body and we can start ac asking ourselves to what extent is this self my body and uh, if um, there is this um, uh, sense of, of I of me continuous as single well um, how is it uh, that uh, as this body changes and it transforms itself with age and with illness and with, well, injury and so forth, well, how is it that uh, this sense of self remains singular when this body doesn't? Uh, also, if this sense of, of self was, was independent, how is it that um, we, well, you know, we should be able to exercise free will over this body, shouldn't we? Uh, this body should be, should be subject to our command but uh, it doesn't take much investigation to see that it's not like that. So on and so forth. And this could be um, quite uh, expansive, this kind of uh, thorough uh, investigation into this question of whether this sense of, of self, the sense of I, uh, is body. And we can do the same with the rest of uh, the skanda of uh, feeling and perception and mental formations and uh, consciousness. So, as far as I'm concerned, this is what the teachings are about. It's not about mastering some great uh, and thorough and complete understanding. Uh, it's about what is it sufficient for us to, to learn, 
so that we have a proper direction, and uh, this direction begins to question and address this sense of the solidity and the sense of the singularity and the sense of the independence and the importance of this self. And then, once we take on this a particular investigation, the most important thing is that, okay, now we relax with our experience. We relax into our body. We look at our mind. We let go of that investigation. We let go of that belief that uh, we are going to discover right this sense of self as being one thing or another. We give up, surrender that search, and, well, see what is there, see what awaits us. And that arrival, that place, right, settling with, with that, relaxing with that, I think that's, that's where we want to go each time after we give up on any belief that we are going to acquire any security, any satisfaction through the attempt of our intellect and our mind to conceptually figure this paradox. So, as far as I'm concerned, uh, that is worth sharing, even if it's a, a very imperfect and mediocre even attempt at sharing that, you know what? It's okay. Um, there are many opportunities to make corrections with respect to, to understanding. Um, but if one never gets to, to the point of uh, being able to face ourselves nakedly, groundlessly, right, in this uh, practice of ours, uh, well then, we're just spinning wheels. We we're just spending all kinds of, of, of time thinking that something else, right, with respect to knowledge and understanding uh, needs to first be grasped and possessed. And uh, I think this is, this is, this should do it. This is why I decided to do this, this podcast. Even if I, in any way, uh, doubted myself and um, doubted my ability to communicate uh, any of this uh, clearly and so on and so forth, I still said to myself, you know what, um, it's, um, it's okay. It's time to, to do this. And uh, over time, you will get better at it. Over time, you will get better at uh, figuring out ways of sharing your own your own experience. And I should really put an end to this. I'm yet to become skillful enough at saying what uh, I need to say in a much uh, shorter way, but uh, in time I think uh, I should, I hope, get better at this. Thank you and until 
Until next time, take care of yourselves.